Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. If this is your first time here and you get some value from this episode, do us a favor, leave us a review, share it with other contractors so they can benefit from it. We also want to remind you about our free Facebook group where you can interact with other like-minded contractors. It's called the Contractor Profit Group. There's lots of great conversations happening in there. Go check that out. Or if you're tired of being sick and tired, missing kids events and working all the time, check out our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. We have weekly coaching calls, training webinars, all kinds of things happening in there to take your business to the next level. You can find out more information about that at our website, hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about building a, and creating a killer culture. I like how you kind of changed the the title there a little bit because we were like, you know, creating, conceptualizing all this different stuff, but it is really creating. It's it's about creativity. I, I love that you mentioned that. That's really cool. So, what is a culture? I mean, what is what does that all mean? Why is it important? Like, what what's this whole thing about, Eric? So, for me, I personality, and I, and it sounds redundant because I say that a lot, but a culture is basically, I think, how. Your employees feel about the company, how the public perceives the company. It's about it's about perception and basically how how coming to work makes you feel, how working for people makes them feel. So it's about that's really it's about feelings for me, and that's why I love this topic so much. So I think there's really two different types of culture, right? There's there's the internal how you run things in your business, how your employees interact, all that, like the internal culture. And then there's also kind of the culture that your customers perceive, right? Or they get, I mean, they're pretty much usually the same, but you know, I don't talk to my customers necessarily the same way that I talk to my employees. If that makes sense. So I don't want to say it's like a double standard or a double culture, but I think there is really kind of two different cultures happening here. What's your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, that's 100%. I mean, so basically there's an internal culture and an external culture, right? But here's the thing. This this is the real thing. If you don't have a good internal culture, your external culture is shit. I mean, that's just, it's the the truth. Starts with from within. But doesn't most companies have, isn't their culture generally focused on the customer? And so the the internal culture is, is like, based off of the external culture, the customer-facing culture? No, no, no. Not, not for me. I mean, maybe for you. I don't know. We, I mean, you and I clearly have different personalities, different perspectives, and that's why I think people resonate with us because we, we're, we're coming at different, different, coming at the same topics and perspectives and problems and solutions from different angles. And uh, I think that's why we resonate with a lot of people. But, dude, I mean, if... If your employees don't have good culture internally and they're not happy and they're not, they don't want to come to work, then, then you can't, you can't fix it externally. You can't, it it doesn't come external internally. 
it, it does it does rebound that way, but it has to come from inside as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, maybe maybe you didn't understand exactly what I meant. I mean, it, basically, the culture is kind of based off of your mission statement or your vision statement for what your business is and how you treat your customers, right? If if part of your vision statement is we want to be professional, you know, we always maintain professionalism. If that's part of your vision or mission statement and how you treat your customers, you can't have your employees not acting professional. Does that make sense? Like it carries over from that. I agree. But if, if you don't treat your employees with professionalism, which is the part of the problem, most contractors screw this shit up and a lot of businesses screw it up. They might have that as their, their, public persona, but they don't do it internally. So externally, the employees are not doing it correctly. So it has that, that's why I think it comes from within. So yeah, yes and no. This is this is why I disagree with you. When you start your business, most of us, we start as as single entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. We don't not most of us don't start with five people or three people. So when you start your business, you create in your mind this vision of what your business is going to be how are you going to treat your customers, what you stand for, what your values are, all of that stuff, right? That all plays into that. And then as you create uh, internal culture, as you hire employees and you start to develop that, that's kind of based off of your external culture and, and the mission statement, the vision statement, all that stuff. That's what I mean. I mean, I, I can see how it could be created that way. And I could actually see my business being tailored that way. Like, so I'm a solopreneur. I create this in in you know internal culture is is who I am, and how I treat my customers. It still started internally in my heart, and in my brain, and in my soul, and however you want to do it. Like the way I treat my customers is my internal uh, compass. And and then when I hire, then uh, um, you know hopefully I hire people that that have that same that same compass, right? And if they don't, then I let them go. So this is all going to spin from, I mean, solo, right? That's cool. But as you build out, here's the problem. If I hire an employee who's really makes me good money, but he doesn't have my same internal, like my internal compass, my uh, moral compass, let's say, right? And like, I'm making a lot of money on him, but gosh, he's kind of an asshole and he doesn't treat my customers really well, but shit, I'm not going to get rid of him because my, I'm making money. Like that's when it starts to get sideways. So it's going to come down to core values ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you're going to hire people that kind of fit the culture that you're trying to create. And that culture starts off with what you have a vision for your company. So I think what we can do here is the most important thing is going to be the internal culture, obviously. I think it's hands down. That's the most important thing of your business. A lot of that just kind of radiates outwards and your customers pick up on that. If you're out on a job site and you're treating your employees like crap, the customer is going to hear that and pick up on that. And they're going to think, man, this, you know, this guy is a dick. Like I probably won't ever hire him again. But if you're out there and you're treating your customers and you're having a good time and and joking around and I mean, there's been times, Eric, when I had employees working for me and the customer's like, Oh, are you are you guys related? And we're like, No. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, you just you guys interact like your brothers or cousins or something like that. Now, that's a compliment to me. Like we have that, you know, we're joking around, teasing each sure. other. Yeah. Mess and so like that's to me, that's a compliment. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. But the pro- the problem is here it is. You're a solopreneur, craftsman, a contractor, the whole story, you know, like you didn't go to school. You didn't go to the class on how to hire people. So, you know, you, you kind of have this gut reaction. I mean, most solopreneurs hire off, off their gut and then they move forward, but sometimes they screw up because they didn't, they don't have any formal teachings on what to do and how to do it. So they're going to screw up. And then, then does money get in the way? Like that's where it kind of gets crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I could see how, the pressures of this is going to come back to core values once again. The pressures of hey, I have to have enough money to make this happen and make my mortgage and then pay the bill and then the trucks. I bought an extra truck for this employee, and so there becomes this inner tug of war where you hire someone that doesn't match your inner compass because you didn't get trained, you don't know how to do it right, and now they're making you the, the right amount of money to make all this work, and now you have this inner turmoil, right? So that that's that's what's that's it's crazy. I've been there before and it's it's a crappy feeling when you hire someone and then like after they start working you're like oh man this was a mistake. You know what I mean? Like this person is not going to fit in well here. They're going to cause problems and then you have to make a decision of do I fire them quickly and kind of screw their life because they quit another job to come work for you and all these other things that happen and it's like oh man I've been there it sucks. Well, I mean, they say, you you know the rule. It's hire slowly, fire quickly. That's that's really that's what needs to happen. So not according to Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary says hire quickly, fire quickly. True, and I love Gary. He's a freaking legend. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I agree that you do need to hire slow. Meaning you need to you don't just hire the first person that applies for your job. Like you got to mm-hmm. you need to you know one thing I'm terrible at is calling for references. I'll, I'll talk to somebody on the phone. I get a good feeling with them, but I don't actually call references and say, Hey, how's this Eric triplet guy? I saw he worked for you. Was he a good worker? I don't, or whatever, you know, how do you, what is, what's your professional reference to him? I don't really do that very often. He, come on, let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's be truthful, bro. Most yeah. of the references are bullshit. Anyways, it's my, well, know, they are, it's my grandpa's brother-in-law and he freaking is going to say rad shit about me and you're going to want to hire me. But let's, let's get to the point, bro. I mentioned two or three times already. It's about your core values. It's You got to be based around that. And you know, what's amazing about this podcast, Brad, I just got to be, I, I want to share something with you because I'm on it or yeah, th- this podcast is awesome. Cause you're here. If, <laughs> if you weren't for you, this podcast would be shit. No, listen, it's so crazy because we do a topic on mental health and then every, like people call me totally unrelated to they they didn't listen to the podcast it's just like it's like we're a magnet to what we're talking about because it's important stuff and so you know we're recording podcast stuff on on culture and then literally people are hitting me up about culture like after the fact you know what I mean? it's it's just it's crazy how this is all happening um, I don't have anything witty to respond with. So good. Cause you're not very witty, but so the, <laughs> listen, the, the bottom line is it's like, I know, I know you and I already have drafted up like what we're going to talk about, how it's going to roll down. And then people are reaching out to me saying either they're thinking about it or that's, it's, it's like, it's almost as if the podcasts that we are outlining to record are already solutions to problems that people that we're communicating with are having. 
And it's just, it's really crazy how that's happening. I don't know what that is. It's almost like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. It, it, it's, and that's a really super good analogy of it. Because it's like, it's almost it's like it's voodoo. Like it's, we're, we're drafting up the podcast to talk about and then people are reaching out. It's not like sometimes, you know, sometimes people reach out to us and go, hey, we have this problem. And we're like, hey, we should do a podcast about this. This is important. But it's the, it's the moments like this right now, Brad, when we're like, this is a podcast I want to do and we have it all drafted up and then people start reaching out to me about it. It's almost like voodoo magic. It's crazy. Well, that's awesome. But I don't want to spend all night talking about yeah, yeah, how, yeah. Let, how you can predict what podcasts to talk about. No, no, no. Let, let's get to core values. That's what's important to me. I want to talk about core values. All right. Well, I want to know what your core values of your company is. Okay. Mine are super lean. You might not even like them, Brad. Yours are probably all detailed out and all written like crazy. I, I only have four core values. And I know a lot of companies have seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve core values. But I think every time I talk to people, I can always like go, oh, well, that falls into this category for me. So here's my four simple, lean, mean, clean core values. Character, most important. Team, second most important. Winning, third. And having fun is number four. Those are, those are my four lean, mean, clean core values. Interesting. That's all I can say is interesting. Well, I know what you're <laughs> going to say. It's like, well, character is totally vague, Eric. Like, what does that mean? Fun? Like, that's vague. It's like... Well, I, I think you need to define what char- what type of character. Like, just saying character is too vague. I mean, you, what if the guy is a, is a character? Like, he's a, he's a loose cannon. Like he just, yeah, he's a, a, you know, a jackass could be a character, yeah. right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you're not defining it, then how do you know which ones it's supposed to be? Yeah. Well, for me, for me, character, like the core people next to me are, they know like, so I started with an apprentice. It's like, Hey, I'm going to build off of character. You know, you can't steal, you can't cheat. You can't, you know, like if I had an apprentice that's cheating on his wife, I'm like, ah, this is not really the person I want to hang out with. This is not good character. Like I want an, an optimistic, I want positivity. I want respectful discipline. Like all those good quality pieces of puzzle for character are important to me. So I can, I can, I can lump them into that. So a jackass character, class clown that always screws up that, you know, loves to party. It's not necessarily a good character for me. Well, obviously you've been doing it a long time and you know, you're, you have a great culture in your business. I know from many conversations that, you know, you guys have a killer culture. So I'm not going to say that it doesn't work, but I would still say that you really need to define what type of character that you're looking for. It's only going to hurt. It's only going to help you more so than hurt you. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a saying there specific is terrific anytime you're describing stuff like that. So it's also helpful too, for if your employees are recommending someone else. So if you don't define what type of character is important, like integrity or, you know, being dependable or whatever, they may recommend their buddy. And like you said, their buddy is a, you know, cheats on his wife or whatever, because it's never been defined. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's all I'm saying is like, I would, for me, I would want to define more of the character aspect of it, but like you, but you have a great culture, so obviously you've done a good job with it. Well, it, it comes from with it comes from within. I mean, it started by myself, and so each team member I add, you know, the, the character is there. So let me, let me give you an example. You hire a couple guys, gals, whatever. You're building your team, 
And for you, you've established with, with them, with everyone on the team, like this is our culture, this is our comp- this is our compass. The code is your compass, right? So it's character, okay? And so someone's coming into work late every day, and then you apply pressure, like this is not the character that I'm looking for. I want discipline. I want reliability. These are important to us as a team. And you talk about it with everyone. This is the character that I expect, the character I demand. And, you know, if they continue to be late all the time and you don't, you know, you don't put down the hammer, then you don't really believe in, in what you're talking about. But when you're like, dude, this is not happening, you know, like take the day off. We left without you. Uh, can I come to the job site? No, we already left. Like you don't have the right character. And if you, if you like, Every decision I make is based on these four things, character, Tim, team, win, fun. So when the, your other team members see you apply pressure to those important factors in the character that you expect, then it builds. And, and that's how I see it. It's, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, most employees aren't going to listen to 22 different, you know, specific is terrific things under those things. You know, don't steal from me. Don't cheat. Don't... Don't, you know, like those are important. Well, I don't think there has to be 22 of them, but let me, let me paint another picture for you. You grow your business, you get some more people. And now all of a sudden you're no longer hiring. You're not even involved in the hiring process. You got somebody else that's doing that for you. Right. How are they going to know what, like, what's what I'm saying? Like, how do you, the, the, more, the farther you're removed from that without clear de- definition of what type of character traits you're looking for the more opportunity there is to miss that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. You you can definitely, I, I agree with you 100%. So like at 17 employees, this is working for me, right? At, you know, 34, maybe it becomes diluted and the character becomes a little bit loose, right? And if I become detached from those 34 employees or 52 employees, then suddenly, you know, that that might need to be more specific. For, for me at this level, I still have control over that, right? And I still, I, you know, all 17 employees, I know all their names. I know all their wives. I know all their girlfriends. I know all their kids. I know what to buy them for Christmas, all that stuff. So it's like, there's still some cultural attachment there. So, I mean, the, the wider it gets, the crazier it could become. And, and for you to lose control of the culture and the company. So, uh, I mean, I think that's important. Yeah. So let me, I'll share with you mine. Uh, my values that we have and you'll see kind of why I'm talking about the character more, but basically, you know, our company is guided by integrity, dedication, dependability, faith, and professionalism. And so we were talking about this the other day, but you know, a lot, most of those things, integrity, dedication, dependability, those, those are really all character traits, right? Those are things that are part of your character. The faith in professionalism, obviously professionalism is stands on its own legs, what that is. And the faith is just because I, I do have my faith and my company is founded on that. So if I hire people, that's important to me that they don't have to have the same faith, but they can't be anti of my faith. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't be the complete opposite of what, what we believe in. So that's important to me. That's, that's, and some people can say that that's not good to bring it in. Matter of fact, whenever I first got started, I was using SCORE counseling, which is like free counseling for small businesses. And I did like a little 
business plan. They wanted me to write up a business plan, all this stuff. And I had that in there and they recommended, they said, you should take that out of there. You should take it out of your mission statement. I said, no, I'm not taking it out. So, and it's never hurt me to this day, but you know, I don't go around, like I don't have that posted on the side of my trucks and I don't go around like broadcasting that, but that is part of me and who I am and what I base my business on. I, I mean, I think that's awesome. I love that about you, you know, like you are who you are, but so, you know, I mean, I have the core values, right? Simple for, you know, four pieces, clean, lean, mean. And then, so I do have an employee handbook and an employee handbook is like, you'll be respectful. You'll be, you won't steal from us. You won't come to work drunk. You won't flip people off in a vehicle. Like th- those become part of the handbook. So, I mean, if that the handbook is like kind of the rules, like that describes the character. So if you're reading this and you're like, hey, you can't come to work drunk, you're like, fuck, I like drinking at work, man. And if it's like, hey, you can't flip people off when you're driving in a company truck, you're like, dude, I love my horn. I honk at people all the time. Like, you know, like the person should be like, hey, this might not be a good fit for me. And if they lie about it, then I can come back to the handbook and go, hey, like, I don't know that you have the character that I'm looking for. Like, this is the third time this week you come to work smelling like booze and I got two calls from you about honking at people like this is not good for me but we know some we've we've talked to contractors that are like i don't want to get my truck wrapped because i have road rage and i drive terribly <laughs> that's amazing i love that I'm so glad you mentioned that i mean so this, you know what's interesting is because I, I know you're talking about it. it's so funny you mentioned that i don't think it's their personality i mean i don't even know what to say about that because that is that is an internal compass, but maybe they have some inner turmoil that they need to deal with. Because you know that doesn't mean they're a terrible person. It might they have the inner turmoil they need to they need to make some corrections on. Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote down Eric. I wrote down some. I, I I did a little bit of research. I mean, this is also based on my own you know experience. But I did some do's and don'ts. Do you have anything specific that you're wanting to talk about on this? I mean, I have definitely things on top of mind, but I'd love to hear what you got written down. Let it rip. Well, let's just start with the do's first. And there's 10 of them here. And we'll, and some of them are, we don't need to spend too much time on the other ones we do. So number one, these are not in any specific order, but number one is you need to set clear goals for your employees. Don't just assume that they're going to know what, what they're supposed to do. And I think a lot of contractors fail at this miserably. Like they don't set clear goals of what what you expect out of them in the culture, in their in their position and working for you. You want to respond to that or you want me to go through all 10? Listen, yeah. I mean, I want you to go through the 10, but like maybe preface, I'd like to preface something if that's cool. I mean, part of culture is most people want, they want to feel included. They want, they, I mean, people, I mean, employees, right? For For companies, right? They want to feel included. They feel, well, they want to feel wanted. They want to feel. Well, you're going. All, you're going into all the ten of these. So before oh, okay, you yeah. start a oh, yeah. yeah. that's it. Yeah, that, go for it. So, but setting clear. If you hire someone and you don't set any goals of like, hey, we expect you to re- to expect to respect the customer's property. Sure. We don't want. We're not, we don't. If you go out there and you got to go to the bathroom and you just piss on the side of their house. Yeah, that sucks. Like, like if you didn't set, but if you never told them that, or you didn't set that clear goal of what you expect, how can you get mad at them, right? Like you, you, you set them up to fail basically is what I'm saying. So here, part of that goal too is like, here's where I want to be in five years. Here's my goal for you as an employee. Hey, I want you to run your own cruise. And one day you'll be, 
managing two crew. Like, like they have to have an, a clear idea of like where they can go. A lot of, a lot of employees, a lot of employers don't even offer clear goals for their, for them. Right. So that's internal, external. See that, right. does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So number two, just a continuation. It's, you need to promote your goals often. You know, a lot of times we hire someone, they come in like, hey, this is our, these are our values. These are our core values. We believe integrity, dedication, dependability. And then that's the only time they ever hear about that for the next five years. Right. It's never brought up in any meetings. Sure. It's never, it's not posted on the yeah, walls totally. in your shop or any of that stuff. Like you need to promote that on a daily, weekly basis. Number three, you'll like this one. It's allow humor in your culture. You got to have humor, man. Funny. Come on. Got <laughs> no, to. I agree. I, agree. It's, I mean, 100%. Number four is you got to prioritize respect. And this one's interesting to me. And this is what you're kind of talking about. But when you, when you respect your employees intentionally, where you actually, they feel valued and heard, when you when when they feel like they're valued and heard by you, the owner or the managers that you have, then that's prioritizing respect, right? That's respecting them. Dude, I mean, you know me. Respect is my word, bro. Like my whole my like respect is the word is my my blessing and my curse. So everything's about respect. So I mean, yeah. that comes naturally to me to respect my employees and like respect. I don't just give it. Like, well, I should say this. I give respect until they, they screw it up. And then, then I'm like, okay, now you really have to earn it. So, I mean, I, I'm a little giving in that regard where some people are like, Hey, you have to earn my respect to get it from me. But for me, it's a little twist there, but it's, it's again, that word's my blessing and my curse. Yeah. As a leader though, you have to respect your subordinates, your employees first before they can earn your respect. I mean, it's a double-edged sword, obviously, but, if you're an employee, you your boss has to earn your respect, right? Like you, you start somewhere and it's like, I don't know if I respect this guy. And then he does something great and like, oh man, I really respect this guy now. When you're the owner or a manager, it's like the opposite. Like you have to give them respect first and then they can, you know, like you said, if they screw it up, now they got to re-earn their respect. But the main thing is prioritizing respect. If you treat them like crap, they're not, they're just going to, they don't care. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, number five is zero tolerance. I know this is important. You know, if they're showing up late, hey, go home, try again tomorrow. Like zero tolerance. You, you, no drugs here allowed. You fail a test, zero tolerance. You're done or whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, that. Th so here's, here's where it's like, you know, creating culture. At some point, you have to be a hard ass to to protect your culture, right? So it's like, oh, cut me some slack. I've made you a lot of money. Be respectful. Like, just be cool. Like, I just screwed up once. Like, I, I understand screwing up, but there are some things that are, there's a certain amount of zero tolerance. Like, so like for being late, it's like, they show up late to be like, hey, take the, take the day off. Like, oh, fuck. You know, they know better. They won't even go like, oh, I'm just sorry. I'm like, I don't care. Take the day off. Like the whole team waited for you. It's not cool. You know, th there could be some scenarios where it, things happen. You had a flat tire or whatever, right? Like, I get it, you know, but but at least it's a phone call. Like, hey, bro, I'm on the side of the road. I got a flat tire. I'm going to be 20 minutes late. Can I meet you on the job site? That's being respectful. And that shows character, right? So it's like, yeah, cool. Meet us on the job site. That, it's a phone call, right? 
But that zero tolerance, if you tolerate some of that shit, then the other employees see that that you're weak on those areas. And so like you have to be strong on your values. And that's why you can base your decisions on your core values. So like if, if you're really strong on that, then your employees will go like, okay, cool. He's serious about this. Those things are really important to him. And they're gonna they're gonna abide by them. Yeah, this is really tough because, you know, especially t- today's age where, like, everyone's short on staff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I watched this funny video the other day, Eric, where the guy was, like, interviewing somebody. And he's like, oh, I got your resume here. And it was just, like, a smiley face on a piece of paper. He's like, oh, yeah, it looks great. It was a huh? TikTok video. I love that video. Yeah. Dude. I was crying <laughs> on the ground. I loved it. <laughs> the guy's like, you know, I'll, I only want to work, like, once a couple times a week. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. That's great. Just whenever you want to work, just let us know. <laughs> so having a zero tolerance policy can be tough. Uh, yeah. You know, where you gotta you gotta pick and choose your battles too. But here's another thing about zero tolerance. Sometimes guys play favorites where their best employee shows up late every day and they let it slide. Well, that's just Eric. He he's always late, you know. He, we just kind of let him do it, do his thing. Well, and then Chris shows up late and it's like, hey, man, you can't be late. If you're late again, I'm going to have to send you home. Like, you can't be doing that stuff either. You got to be consistent. I mean, that's character right there. You know, that, I mean, that 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 proves that the owner's not abiding by his character. Is buying, yeah. you know, so yeah. So that's easy for me to like, see how I can always point to certain things. Another one, and this isn't a big one, but having some type of recognition program put in place, you know, whether it's a, bonus structure or just a thing where you do it or whatever, maybe you have employee of the month, whatever it might be, like just some type of recognition for, you know, different employees having that put in place. I think that's super important. Like, so here's the thing, like on smaller companies, listen, like you're a solopreneur, you got an apprentice, like you don't have to have, you have one, two people on your team. You don't need a, an employee of the month program. Right. But just a recognition of like, Hey man, we really did good this week. You guys really kicked ass. I'm so thankful. Like I'm buying lunch tomorrow. So don't, don't, don't pack a lunch tomorrow. I'm taking us out. I'm really proud of you guys. That that's recognition, right? I mean, I, I, I like the employee of the month mentality because that's recognition. And I like that. I'm that I personality. I want to hear that shit, but you know, for a solopreneur and, and a company, even me, 17 employees, I like, I just go around and tell people they do a good job. I recognize that they did good. And this this is what's crazy in the newer, you know, like the newer generation, generational of, of people, millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, Gen whatever, all those different generations. Like the younger people, they want to hear it more often. Like me, if I heard, like, hey, you did a good job, bro. Once a day, I'd be like, nice, thank you. I worked my ass off all day and I heard it once. Like the newer generation, they need to hear it like, five, six, seven times a day. I'm like, I have to tell you every half an hour how cool you are. Like, I don't want to tell you that. This is really, literally my hardest thing that I, that I struggle with because honestly, for me, if you tell me I do a good job, it pisses me off. Good job, Brad. Good job. Gosh, damn it, Eric. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, I don't, I am not free giving, um, of, of, the attaboys, you know, like, yeah. Hey, great job, Johnny. You showed up to work on time, man. I'm really proud of you. You know, you did an awesome job cutting that board. 
Like, <laughs> I, that's just not me. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> you got like seventy more cuts to make today. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna compliment everyone. No, bro. Listen, I had this one employee. He's just of the the wrong age. I don't know or the wrong mentality, wrong upbringing. I don't know, but like. I gave him a special name, like this really cool name. Like when I'm not even going to mention the names and stuff, because if I say it, it's just too, everyone's going to be like, know exactly what I'm talking about. But like he had a special nickname and every time he would come to work, I would call him this nickname and he would start glowing and he'd be all proud and shit. And then like an hour later, if I wasn't like, Oh my gosh, look how you drove that machine. Like he would be like sad and like sulking and like, I'm like, I, I just don't have time for this, man. Like, and it's not generational, but I mean, the generations are having some of that problem, but like, I think it's a little bit of upbringing, a little bit of emotion, whatever, but it's like, bro, grow a set. Yeah, for sure. Another one, number seven is accepting and utilizing employee feedback. Now this one for me is huge. Like this is part of my culture that I don't treat my guys like I'm their boss. We're all equal, basically, when we're doing a job. If we show up on a job and somebody's got an idea how to do something better, I'm all ears. You know, I'm not saying that we're necessarily going to use that all the time, but it's like a, just like today, we we're working in the shop and, you know, my new guy's helping me and he doesn't have hardly any, I mean, he's got some experience, but he doesn't have nowhere near enough experience. And I'm like asking him for his feedback. Like, what do you think on this? You know, this is kind of what I'm thinking over here. What's your thoughts? Does that make sense to you? Does that sound like a good idea? So having that more of a collaborative type of environment, I think is really important. That just must be painful for you to do. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is something that's easy for me. Oh, it is. It's not, yeah. Why do you say it's not, painful? Because not, not when you're talking to me, bro. You're like, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. This is how we roll. Well, I mean, I'm I like, mean, no, Brad, now. no, Brad. You. We're talking about you now. <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go. Mr. Right. Mr. Head in the Clouds. <laughs> this is a good topic because I do think it's important. So what I've tried to do recently, I, I don't want to say recently because I've tried to do it for a while, but you're going to call me control freak, perfectionism, all this bullshit. I don't want to hear from you. But a lot of times if, if guys come to me with a problem, I'll be like, okay, what are the solutions? What are the, what are the solutions to get this thing done? And like, I might already know it in my head, but I'm empowering them to tell me what it is. And hopefully I can guide them into the decision I want them to make. You know, I might, if they give me the wrong decision, I might be like, well, what do you think about this? And they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that could work. I'm like, okay, let's do that. You know, like, so it might be that kind of response, but now they're coming to me with amazing ideas. I'm like, where'd you come up with that idea? That's, that's amazing. Let's roll with it. And what's even funner I had this little humor thing. We talked about humor earlier. They'll, co they'll come to me with a problem and a solution. And I'll be like, man, that is an excellent idea. I'm glad I thought of it. And I'll wink at them and I'll like smile like, you know, like I'm going to try and take credit, but I know it's you. You're the badass. And like, it's this funny little moment with us. They know that, and that, that's like a personal thing between me and that and the and the person coming to me with a solution. But then when I externally push it out, I'll be like, hey, you know, Vic came up with this killer idea. This is how we're going to solve this problem. And then I validate them through that. But between them, you know, just us, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I thought of that. 
So that's kind of a fun little twist, and that that's a fun little cultural move. Yeah, I mean, we I do that stuff too, where I I'll just I mean, within them, I'll like take credit for stuff mm-hmm. that was clearly their idea. Whose idea um, was this uh, p- particular podcast we're doing right now? It was yours. Oh, I'm glad I thought of it. Yeah. But then I, I also was a like, joke, I, Brad. Can you smile? I know, I know it was a joke. Stop like, it. Can you one also, little wink of a smile, please? <laughs> I also like to blame them all the time. I, so it's a, it's an ongoing joke, but it's like whenever it's your fault, it's your fault, and whenever it's my fault, it's your fault. And so it's just an ongoing joke where we and so yeah, feedback. And then uh, number eight's be flexible. Really. This may sound like kind of a no-brainer, but you got to be flexible with people, man. There's they're going through stuff. People like you, I know you've had some employees recently dealing with personal things, and you can't expect people to show up and just be robots and produce every single day and not have anything going on in their life. Yeah, yeah. Um, number nine is is be transparent, and this is I think scares a lot of owners to death. You got to be transparent with what's happening in your business. If you're running short on leads, tell your crew, "Hey, we're running short." You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't necessarily know how the workload's going to be coming up in a couple months or whatever it might be going on. Hey, I'm really struggling with some stuff right now. I need you guys to kind of step up and help out. Just be transparent with what's happening in the business, and don't try and just always show up every day like everything's hunky dory and everything's perfect. That's going to go back to a lot of the things that we teach and preach, Brad. It's like job costing and, you know, it's like I want my production supervisor involved in that. I want my crew chiefs involved in that. I want all my apprentices and and second in commands to like realize that kind of stuff because that might determine what their bonus is going to look like. Like, hey, if we get this job done in the allocated hours we've talked about, then like, well, there's a little bit of money for everyone. So they want to be involved with that kind of stuff. And so transparency is really clear. And so, you know, when you're pulling in checks for $20,000 and like $7,000 on Monday, when you break ground and then 7,000 on Friday, and then like you sell a job and you get a big deposit, like my team sees those kind of things. And so they also see when it's like, Hey, we'll buy whatever tools are necessary to get this job. Thousand dollars for this tile saw. Let's get it. Let's, you know, thousand dollars for a new jackhammer that's fine oh we need new helmets for everyone on the team they're 200 bucks a piece there's 10 guys on the team like that's a lot of money it adds up but then when someone comes to me and they're like hey we need to do this and we need to get tires on the truck and when you go hey this is not a good move for us right now things are a little tight this week let's see how far we can stretch it and you're genuine and authentic about it sometimes i see my guys go oh like we got to be careful for $2,000 worth of tires. Okay. That's that, it's that transparency and authenticity in it. You know, if you're transparent across the board, they sense it, they feel it, they understand it and they respect it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us want to hide that because we think it's like a sign of weakness. Sure. If we let, yeah. let them in with what's going on. Yeah, so yeah. the last one here, you'll like this one, Eric, it's a uh, plan thing, social outings, you know, plan advanced stuff for your team. Let's do it. When we, we need to plan our uh, get together for the hammer and grind, the hammer and grind, yeah, the profit club meetup next year. We'll start talking about it because then I'll be like, "Let's do it," and you'll be like, "No, bro, you can't do it right now." Because you know. All right, cool. So that's all the dues that I had. You got anything to add to that? 
I mean, there, there's so much depth in all this stuff. I do want to talk about the social outings because I think that's a that's an important part of culture and and like creating fun experiences for your team. It's not just about the robot thing. It's like, hey, they care about me. I I've been they've been flexible. Hey, I have a a funeral coming up. Or like some sometimes it's like here here's the flexible thing, right? All these can go so deep and I don't want to go too deep on all of them, but like if you know someone lost someone in their family, like I already know there's some bereavement time I got to figure out, right? And I'm already planning my flexibility before they even realize that they need it, right? So it's like, hey, they had a loss. I might send them a text. Hey, I'm really sorry for what you're experiencing. If there's anything you need, let me know. And then let me know how much time you need off. Take as much as you need. That, that proves flexibility, right? And they're not even thinking about the funeral yet. They're just, they're just experiencing the loss, right? And then they're like, hey, I'm going to come back to work on next Monday or whatever, right? And then when they come back, you just pull them to the side and you're like, hey, look, there's probably a funeral coming up. If you can, um, you know, just let me know when it's going to happen. You know, completely flexible, whatever you need. I want you to, I want you to come through this correctly. You know, like, so like you're planning that flexibility for them. That's important, you know, and that, that can go all the way down to, school and kids and daycare and all that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, that that's one of the things that I call it a benefit of being flexible with that stuff. Someone needs to leave a half hour early one day to pick up their kids early from school or whatever. I mean, like we're pretty flexible with that type of stuff. So um, absolutely. I do have four don'ts. Four okay. don'ts that I want to talk about. So oh, I don't want to go there yet. Hold on. Give me, give me one minute. Right. I know, I know we're going to go right. longer. I'm sorry. I want to talk about the social outings real quick because the social outings, if you've created the culture of respect and character and discipline and all that stuff and fun and winning and all that stuff, when you plan those outings, sometimes you get to see a different side of your employees and your employees get to see the different sides of themselves and they get to share different sides of themselves. And I think those social outings are kind of important, whether it's a dinner or a Christmas party or, a, you know, like taking them zip lining and they get to laugh and like they get this rush with each other. Like I, I truly believe in those who played, you know, hard together, you know, work hard together. I think that, that thing that's important. And so I don't want to I don't want to just glaze over the fact that social outing because I do think that's important to me to the core. Dude, when I came to California and I mean, it was last minute, so. You're like, hey, I, Saturday, we got to go to the uh, tattoo place because I got a couple people that are getting tattoos. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And then you had a couple employees that were getting <laughs> tattoos. I was just blew me away. I was like, yeah, you're like, what the f are you talking about? Are you kidding I was me? Like, like I would never in a hundred years do this for my employees. So, but I was, I mean, it, uh, it was impressed me. So that, 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 that you were doing that with your guys. So, yeah. So that that, cool. that's cool. I think I think, think social elements really important. So, so let's hear the don'ts. Don't do what? Don't number one is don't encourage your guys to work through lunch. And I'm actually guilty of this, Eric. You know what? I've argued with HR on this. My personal HR team, like I want my team to take a one week vacation. And after they've been with me five years, I pay them a two-week vacation. If they've been here longer, I give them a three-weeks vacation. Like that's part of the Ascension program with us, right? 
And I, I literally went to my HR department and I was like, do not offer them their like PTO vacation time because they got sick or because they went to their friend's wedding or because they whatever. Like, I, I think my employees will, will shit that that special time off. Like I literally, I don't want them to, I, they're getting enough long weekends. We get Christmas and Thanksgiving and Memorial day and 4th of July. Like we get some long weekends. Right. But I'm like, I literally want my guys to take a week off with their family that gives them, you know, five, seven, like nine days of like escapism with their family. Like I want that to happen. And my HR is like, you can't force that upon them. I'm like you can't you can't force that upon them. I, I know, but it pisses me off. I, I want I want them to have that. Here's what you do. If you want that, here's what you do. I have a friend of mine that owns a company and he shuts down his business from between Christmas and New Year's. So he's shut down for those whatever it is, four or five days. Everybody's on vacation. So they don't work during that week. So that's what you need to do. If you want to have a week vacation, take off sometime during the week. Everybody takes off, you know, thanks week of Thanksgiving or whatever it is, and that's it. I, and I, I just don't know how I feel about that. I mean, so here's the thing. I mean, here's here's my heart, man. I mean, you're not going to like this, but it's like, hey, they just spent all their money on their on their Christmas gifts, and you know, like, let's face it, a lot of employees make poor decisions with their money, and like they they blow their wad on Christmas, and they want to work between Christmas and New Year because they need some freaking money. And so, like, I have this, I have this, my my heart is playing tug of war with that kind of shit, right? I'm like, dude, you're gonna take vacation in the fall, and like, go somewhere. I'm paying you to not be here. Like, go do something fun. Don't shit it away throughout the year because you know, stupid shit. Like I really want them to have that. And, um, I, I let yeah, them know that, happen. but, but I let them know that, that I think I, I don't want them to work through lunches. I don't want them to work through breaks. I want them to have the special time. That's important to me. And if they know that that's part of my character. So they feel that. Well, you went a little, little beyond that, but really it's just working through lunch, you know, like, Hey, can you work through your lunch today? All right. And I, I've I done that sometimes. Great. Where we're, you know, we might be driving from one job to the next and it's right at lunchtime. And I'm like, hey, if you just uh, eat while we're on the way, then, you know, I mean, I obviously pay you. Like, I'm not asking you to not get paid, but, you know, we just, uh, we'll just, you just eat on the way and then we just keep working. Well, that may sound like a great idea. And I think it's okay every once in a while. But if you're expecting your guys to work through lunch every day, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, you said you're guilty of it. I'd like to say I'm not, right? But I, I do think it's a, a really killer, killer way to create culture. Like we've done trips where we're working out of town. We're driving four hours. It's like, just we're driving for four hours. You're doing nothing. You're on Instagram, whatever, Facebook. But sometimes I'll like plan a special spot in the middle where we'll stop for 45 minutes or whatever and catch a glimpse of the beach or see something special or, you know, hit a, hit a, a destination spot that they've never been to before, take them to a special restaurant or something like that. Hey, we're having lunch here today. So I, you know, I think that's one of the things that's been special for me creating killer culture, but so yeah, don't, don't make them work through lunch. Number two is keeping bad employees. That's going to go to zero tolerance. Well, maybe, I mean, you know, it depends on what your tolerance is, but zero tolerance is, but 
just keeping bad employees around because you need bodies. You know, I've, I, this is something I don't do. And I've fired people knowing that by firing this person, it's literally going to double my workload. You know yes, what I mean? And I still fire them anyways because yeah. it's, it's not worth having bad employees around. It will kill your culture faster than anything else. Yeah. It's hard to repair. Super hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Number three is, I thought this was interesting. Limiting, don't limit their learning to just their job description. So if you hire someone who's a carpenter and they want to learn how to do tile work, don't limit them from learning that. Like, yeah, sure. If you want to learn more skills, like that's all, all I can do is come back to benefit you. Now, if it's something like totally unrelated to the what you guys do, that's different. But if you're like, no, your your only job is to, you know, use the wheelbarrow and move it back and forth. I don't want you to learn how to drive the excavator. And I know you have a cool little patch thing that you do with your guys that as they learn different skills, they get patches and stuff. So it's saying don't, you know, don't limit what they can learn, basically. Sure. And then number four, the last one is, and I thought this was unique as well, but it's it's pretty simple. It's don't force it. Don't try to force culture on the people. It's got to come naturally. Yeah, that's clear. I mean, that, that just means you can't force someone to have good character. You know, if they don't have it, they don't have it. Sometimes they can't learn it. So, that, Well, and you can't expect them to come. If, if I've, I've hired people before where they've worked for other contractors and the other contractor didn't care if whatever, like walking in the grass. Like I don't like to walk in the customer's grass. If if we park out front, I walk on the sidewalk, on the garage, the driveway, and their drive their walkway or whatever. I don't like to walk across the grass. Right. Even if I have to walk like all the way halfway around the house to do so. Yeah. To me, that's just a sign of respecting their property. Sure. But maybe but if they've worked for another contractor who didn't care and just walked across the grass, they're gonna have that in, in their brain. It's gonna take them several weeks of, you know, not doing that before they finally get it. So if you expect, if you tell them on day one, don't walk on the grass, and then they walk on the grass on day two and you chew their butt out, like that's kind of trying to force that culture. I'll like you got to give them, them a punch them in their face. <laughs> Listen, respect is my blessing and my curse. Like that's one thing I'm not going to bend on. I'm like, hey, no, I, that, that's a. I mean, that's a poor excuse. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not an excuse. That's a poor example. example yeah, but yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to give some example of what yeah. what that might be. Like, don't force it to them. Like, expect them to learn it on day one. Well, I mean, if 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 on Fridays you have, you know, you crack open a couple beers with the guys and 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 someone doesn't like to drink or very rarely drinks, you're like, hey, come and have a beer with us. Like, no, I don't drink. No, come on, don't be a little bitch. Like, come and hang out with us. Like that. That would be a decent example. Like, yeah, I, I might figure out like, hey, I got, I got you a root beer. Just come and hang out. We like we like tell some jokes and stuff like that. You know, like that. You might you might coerce them in there. And and then start doing shots of whiskey and drinking beer with them once you can. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's like like being respectful. That's the character of like, hey, like, do you want to drink a seltzer water? Like, we just kind of laugh and tell a couple of jokes and have a good time. And and so like, you're not going to force them to do it. Yeah, if they don't want to. Yeah. So that's all I got. It's all you got. It's like the record yeah, long podcast. Like. You're not allowed to do research anymore before podcasts, bro. Okay. This is supposed to be my podcast. Okay. You got any final thoughts? 
I, my final thoughts are you have to be intentional about creating culture in your business. It's not going to happen on its own. If you just hire warm bodies, you're never going to really, really be able to create a culture. Like you need to hire people, like you said, based on their character and different things. Whatever is important to you, you need to hire people and you got to build that culture. Uh, and it takes time. You know, I've, I've had a, a great culture and then I've lost like two people. And then that culture died when those two people left. And then I had to kind of restart over and like, you know, rebuild the culture as I hire a new person. And it doesn't take much for if you only have two employees and you lose one and then you hire another one, like that other person can basically control, you know, 50% of your culture and your, and your team out in the field. So you got to be super careful. You got to protect it. You got to invest a lot of time and be intentional with it. Yeah, that's good stuff. I guess my final thought would be like, you're, you have, you have a culture in your company whether you want to believe it or not. If you're like, well, I've never really worked on my culture. Like, this is the first time I heard of it. Like, you have a culture in your company already. It's like, you have to be intentional with what you want it to be like, how how people want to feel about your company working for you internally and how your customers feel about your culture externally. And so I guess one of the final thoughts besides like you already have a culture, just like you have a brand, right? If you're having a hard time figuring out how you want to do it and how you want to build it and where you want to go around, figure out what your core values are, of who you are as a human being and what's important to you. And then base the foundation of building your culture around those core values that are important to you, whether it's character and and winning and and profits and you know whatever it is like you have to build it around those core values so i think that's how i'm going to lead it thank you so much for paying attention to our podcast it means the world to us that you spend the time with us on these things we're hoping that we're providing you value and when you get the value from us we are going to demand that you take the time to uh get out there and share the podcast with other contractors and, and people that you're, you're peers with. Because ultimately, when contractors are better at what they do, they make the world a better place, they create better experiences, for not only for people that we're working for, but for their families and their friends. So again, uh, spread the word, rate and review, hit the subscribe button, and thank you so much for your time. We'll catch you on the next time.